Hi there, welcome to Talk Canicross. I'm Janetta George. And I'm Gail Walker. We're here today to talk all things Canicross, the fun way to get fit with your dog. So each month we'll be joined by a special guest or two. We'll hear from professionals, regular Canicrossers, and also dog and human experts in their field. It will be real people and real stories. So we hope you'll join us, whether it's for training tips, dog talk, or just for fun and encouragement. This is Talk Canicross, brought to you by DogFit. And don't forget to hit subscribe and keep in touch with all things Canicross. So one of the common questions we always get asked is, can any dog breed Canicross? And are there some that are better than others? Our answer is always yes, any dog can. However, we do find that there's one particular dog group we know takes to the sport really well. The gun dog group make popular family pets and are known as reliable and loving companions. However, they are very active and can get easily bored if they're under-exercised and not using their heads. So from spaniels, pointers, vizzlers to labradors, we've enjoyed introducing them and their owners to the sport. Today, we're joined by Michelle Osman, professional gun dog trainer and expert handler. Having gained many field and trial test awards running her spaniels in the shooting field, Michelle is now actually running with the dogs herself and canny crossing. So we're really keen to learn more and understand how these two really do work together. So welcome, Michelle, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, and thank you for inviting me. Hi, Michelle. It's really lovely to meet you. And you. So really, just to get started, um, be really good for everyone listening, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a bit um, of information about yourself, you know, some of your background, just sort of paint a picture. It'd be great. Thank you. Yes, no problem at all. So um, I'm a gun dog and companion dog trainer based in Cornwall, just outside of Bude. Um, we recently moved here about ooh, 20 months ago from the Cotswolds. Uh, prior to that, I had a corporate background as well as um, working dogs for most of my life. But um, I was fortunate enough to get to a time in my life where I decided that working the dogs and training the dogs was what I really wanted to do. So I became a full time trainer and set a business up in the Cotswolds. Um, and then when um, we moved down here, I arrived here just at the end of the first round of the lockdown from the pandemic and realised that there was a need down here as well for the same type of business. Um, I've worked my dogs in the shooting field as well as competing them in field trials and tests. Um, and so when I was in the Cotswolds, it became very obvious to me that, as you said, the gun dog breeds have become really, really popular. Um, for various different sports, including canny cross, but just as good pets. It seemed to be that, you know, escape to the country, got you out of London into the Cotswolds into a house and you bought a Labrador or a Vizna <laughs> or whatever match of furniture. Um, so we ended up with a lot of gun dogs around um, and people were trying to go to the standard type of companion training um, and realising that they needed a bit more for their gun dogs. So I very quickly um, realised that an awful lot of what we did in the gun dog world was very relevant to the pet dog world. Um, and I needed to help these people. So um, my passion for taking gun dogs and having them as household pets grew from there. And I started realising that to train people to do it um, was what I wanted to do. And the key word I use there is I train people, not dogs, because yeah, it's about teaching nothing, people yeah. about the dogs. There's nothing so, wrong with the dogs, is about there? Me. <laughs> um, so tell us what, about your dogs. What, what dogs have you got? Uh, currently, I have five Spaniels. So I have three Springer Spaniels and two co working Cocker Spaniels. Uh, but prior to that, I used to have sort of up to 10, 15 dogs at a time, because when you're working a lot of dogs in the shooting field, 
you need a lot of dogs. Um, and I always had a ver variety of breeds there from golden retrievers, Labradors. Um, I used to have a few pointers around, but because of the type of work I did in the shooting field, it was much more around the retrieving and spaniel side of things. Um, and I've even owned beagles for my sins. Well, that's impressive. So what are, the, what are their ages? Are they all active and working dogs then, all five of them? Um, the ones I've got now, so when we moved down here, we had to downsize because I was moving my dogs from living in kennels and the big kennel space mm -hmm. I had in the last house to a small Cornish cottage. So um, we sort of downsized the number of dogs. And the, the five we've kept are three of our old dogs. So one of them's my 13-year-old Spaniel, who's who runs the house still. <laughs> um, she's deaf oh. and virtually blind, but still mm -hmm. comes out every day on the walk, as long as it's the same walk and she knows where she's going. Mm -hmm. Um, we've then got two Cocker Spaniels who are 10 and 11 years old, um, Alfie and Lily, and they're sort of retired from their working. And then I've got my stud dog, who is an English Springer Spaniel Pit. Uh, he's seven. Um, and then I have his nephew, who is Ace, who is coming up for four next year. So he's the baby of the oh, family. Yeah, so um, big range. Yeah. Yeah, big range. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I love that, how you said um, we're I downsized to five. Yeah. <laughs> Most people listening, that's a lot of dogs. <laughs> it, it, it's weird, you know. It's when you've had so many dogs, um, you know, it, it's very bizarre to just have five. You're constantly looking around for the other ones. But oh, so, no, it's lovely to have. <laughs> oh, and it, and it, it's such a big world, the gun dog world. I know. Um, even before you know starting to canny cross many many years ago that I, I did a lot of gondog training with my pointers and um you know there's so many kind of different breeds that, that are doing it and as you said that it needs slightly different training than your regular obedience training because the dogs are hugely intelligent and active and they need something to keep them occupied don't they so we've yeah. bred breeds Bred breeds, that's the correct term, yes. Uh, we've specifically bred breeds to do specific jobs. Hmm. Um, and we've taken your, I don't know, your, your HPR, your short air pointers and things like that. And we've got them to range over great distances and to hold and point ready to flush. We've got spaniels that we've bred smaller and smaller into the working cocker spaniels that are called cocker spaniels because they were bred to work woodcock. So yeah. they've got smaller and more tenacious. We've got Labradors that can work which seems to be like four and a half miles across a field from you. You know, it, it's, we've taken these breeds and as you say, we've, we've given them specific jobs. And if you don't tick the box for the dog with that, it becomes a frustration for the dog. And, and that's the thing that I try and do with my training is look at the breed of the dog and what we've bred it to do, understand what buttons it needs pushed, and then help the owners to push those buttons in the most um, convenient way for them. So it might be teaching a dog to hunt for food in the garden to get it hunting. It might be teaching it to hunt for rabbits or something like that if they're going to work the dog. But it's about taking those traits that we specifically bred into those dogs and not trying to switch them off, but acknowledging them and at least getting an avenue to extend them into. Yeah, excellent. And, and so what was your journey into Canny Cross then? Because obviously you're, you're working your dogs, you're, you're running them out shooting and, and then suddenly we hear you're Canny Crossing now. So um, I've been aware of Canny Crossing for a long time because um, people like yourself have come to me with their 
their um, gun dog breeds that are key runners that are canny crossing with them that said, you know, running my dog every day isn't hitting all the buttons for it. So can you help me find some games and can you help me with it? Why, how can I train it to X, Y, Z? Because it's got this type of genetics in it. So I was aware of the canny crossing world. Um, obviously during the pandemic, shooting came to a standstill. We moved down to Cornwall. Um, having downsized my um, brood of dogs, I was now at a point where I wasn't in a position to work my dogs. I was new to the area. I've only got probably one or two dogs that are of an age that could work. Um, and I had a lady come for some lessons. And the lady was called Lara. She runs Let's Go Canny Cross down here. Um, she came for some lessons with a pointer and we got talking. Um, and I was looking for something to do with my two fitter dogs, especially my young dog, because he has dysplasia. And I needed to find something to keep him occupied that wasn't going to go make him go lame. Because if I was taking him out and letting him run around woods and hunting him through woods, he was going lame because the dysplasia is in his elbow. And by turning his shoulders, he was causing lameness. Um, and I had a chat with Lara and we thought about it and we thought, well, if we put him in a harness and we run him straight, let's see what happens. So she said, well, come and have a go at this canny cross lark. So, so I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And I put him in a harness um, and we started to run with him. And since that day, which was last August, he's never had a day's lameness. That's amazing. Yeah. And he um, 5K with me yeah. two or three times a week. I'd um, like to say he's had no lameness. I've had plenty of lameness. <laughs> I haven't run. I've never been a runner. So to suddenly take this sport up at 57 was, was a bit of a shock to my body. He's fine. I know uh, where he's gone. That's amazing. <laughs> and did he, how, did he actually run in a straight line straight away? Good yes. I oh, run just him in a, it. Yeah, I run him in a pair with, his, uh, with my other spring, big springer, his uncle. Um, and the first thing that Lara commented on was both of them immediately started to pull. They ran as a pair. They actually track the same steps. So we've got pictures of me running with them where both of their left legs are lifted, their front left legs, mm -hmm. and they're about to strike down. They're perfectly in unison. It's, it's absolutely lovely. And it's one hell of a powerhouse, 220 kilo springers up front. You know, it really is. I bet, I bet you're doing a very fast 5K, are you? Um, I'm not doing bad. For somebody of my age, it's never ran. Um, I'm just knocking on 30 minutes. Wow. Fantastic. Which isn't That's bad. Great. But I did discover that my cadence was like nearly 200. So I'm running like an <laughs> Irish dancer. So um, I've got to do something with my style, I think, my, my running style. But no, oh. it, they, they, they are making me very fast, yes. Yeah, that's that's really lovely to hear. I'd love to see a video of them running kind of in synchronized canny crossing. That sounds great. Um, so obviously, as, as a part of our um, kind of our customers are always actually asking us about, you know, if they if they try canny cross, is that really going to undo the work that they do in all that hard work of getting their dog to heal? So, you know, they're going to buy a canny cross harness. They're going to go out canny crossing and suddenly the dog is going to pull. I mean, obviously, part of being a gun dog training is that you're teaching a dog to be really steady by your side and walk to heel. How does that translate when you're then canny crossing with a dog? Um, well, I think it actually complements it perfectly. So um, unbeknown to a lot of people, when dogs are working in the shooting field, <coughs> excuse me, um, they are having to be very calm. They are having to sit there. They are having to 
then go out and do things very quickly. So they're having to sprint all the time and then come back and be calm. I, I, the analogy I use is that we're taking dogs to Disneyland and asking them to do mass homework when we take them shooting because we're asking them to have that calmness, but they have to be listening all the time and ready to go. Um, now, what I found with dogs in many different disciplines is they understand uniforms. So when my dogs go into their harness, they are in their canny cross running uniform. When my dogs go onto their slip lead, they are into their gun dog uniform. And should I ask my dogs to heal when they're in their harness? They will, because they know the command. I actually use heal for when I'm going down hills. A yeah. lot of people use behind, but because my heel work actually means my dog's nose should be slightly behind my left leg. It's a perfect uh, way of using heel. So even though my dogs are in harness, they do recognize the heel command and they'll drop into heel. If my dogs are in their slip leads, they wouldn't dream of pulling because they've never learned to pull in that uniform. Um, people say, well, you know, are you sure dogs are recognizing it? I said, you go and put your running shoes on and tell your dog it's not coming with you. Yeah. Very soon, your dog knows what clothes you're wearing. It'll be there. It wants to go. If you go and put on a different outfit, which means the dog isn't coming with you, it'll know it. It'll just go into its basket and go to sleep. They're very good at recognising uniforms. So as long as you've done your training separately and there is a key way for your dog to be able to um, have a demarcation item, be it a uniform, the harness going on or the clothes you're wearing, I think most dogs will be able to distinguish between being a good, well-behaved gun dog and a good, strong, fast-pulling canny cross dog. Yeah, we, we, we believe that as well. And, and um, you know, we talk to people all, all the time about it. But I think your analogy of a dog uniform, depending on what they're about to do, is a really good one. I'm going to take yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, on the subject of the dog's uniform, um, for canny cross, they, they would wear a, a harness that's specially designed for the sport um, and uh, so when it comes to actually getting the your dogs to get used to the harness does it take a bit of time is there certain there's certain tips that you would give to get um, them used to that yep yeah, um, I always train my dogs to have slip lead to put over their heads I use slip leads in the gun dog world or if I was using just a collar and lead I always train dogs to get used to have things over their heads. You know, they might be having their, their drying coats put on. And the way I do it is the way I used to catch my ponies. So I would put the harness on my arm, up my arm. I would have a treat in my hand. And as the dog's head went into my hand to take the treat, I just moved the harness over the dog's neck. It doesn't get done up. It just lies there. Another treat comes out, harness comes off. I do that multiple times so the dog gets used to the fact that the harness is going on and off and something good happens every time. And then I might clip up just one side, unclip it, take the harness off, another treat comes out. My form of dog training is all about making everything a positive experience. So for me, I want my dogs that as soon as that harness comes down, they go, oh my goodness, I want to get that harness on, I want to get it on. Not only because I'm going running, but I get a treat when it goes on. And even now, my dogs get a treat as the harness goes on. It's got to be a positive experience. Hey, that's, that's really interesting. The, um, another question here that we've got from our, um, our gun dog, people that are doing gun dog training, is that obviously when you're out in the field, it's, and you've just mentioned this, it's very much about self-control and steadiness and the dogs are obviously completely on your commands. And yet 
Canny Cross is obviously a high energy, exciting, uh, you know, especially at an event where the dogs are at the start of an event. If someone came to you with a question and in your experience, you know, if they start Canny Cross, is that going to affect their dog's ability to focus once again in the field? No, I don't think it is. Um, my dogs sit quietly at my side at the start of every event. Um, they look like they look very bored. They just sat there like good little I'm boys. Just <laughs> very calm because I've taught them calm. Now I I believe that calmness is very important for dogs, whatever they're going to do. I want my dogs to be in what I call a rational brain, not an emotional brain. Um, and even when you're running with your dogs, you want them to be listening to you. You want them to be hanging on your word. You want to be able to give them instructions, not only for your safety but for the dog's safety as well you know you are their, their eyes you know what the course is is going to have ahead of it you if you've had the chance to walk a course you know there's now going to be a 200 foot drop to the left of you you want your dogs to be listening to you and not pulling on so for me I think that if we can teach our dogs to stay in that rational brain even when they are pumped up and ready to go but still listening rather than go into that ridiculous emotional brain where you've got no chance of them understanding you, listening to you or behaving. It's safer for you. You've got less injuries for the dog. Um, and I actually think it will improve your times because I think the dog's listening, the dog is working properly rather than just going, woohoo, this is great. Let's all be mates. Let's go and have a party. They're actually working. And you know, you've got to remember, when you're running with a gun dog breed or running with any dog, they are all working. They think they're working for you. They're doing a job. And that's what I try and get my dogs to do. Always think that they're working with me or for me. And together we are a team. Therefore, I need them to be in that rational brain. So I need them to be, even if they are slightly excited inside, keeping calm, ready to listen. Because therefore, I believe you get less injuries yourself and the dog. If that makes sense to you guys. No, total sense. And I and also the whole fitness side of Canny Cross must transfer well over to that because if you're fit and healthy, just like people, you're more you're more focused and more you're you know, in that switched on to sort of yeah. I call it yeah. two brain I call it a rational brain and an emotional brain. And you know, mm -hmm. we all know that when we're in that emotional brain, you know, when when the Rolling Stones tickets arrived in the post for me. I, I was unable to do anything for about four hours. I was just so excited. <laughs> I couldn't think straight or anything. Couldn't make a cup of tea or anything. Very excited. But, you know, other times you need to make the right decision. So you need to be in that rational brain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same for dogs. And, and I'm a key pusher of it within the gun dog world. Um, you know, I want my dogs to sit off lead next to me while thousands of birds are flying around them. Animals are running in front of them. Mm. Birds are being shot. People are whooping. There's lots of banging going on. There's beaters coming through past them. They're not on the lead. They just have to sit there. Mm. That is a dog in a rational brain. That is a dog that is safe to work, that is not going to go and do something stupid. We've all seen it with our dogs, especially young puppies, when you watch them about to run into the wall because they're just not looking where they're going, you know, and you're waiting for the crash to happen. That's when they're in that emotional brain. So, mm. so for me, it's about that emotional and rational brain and keeping that balance between the yeah. two. Yeah. And, and then and sticking with the whole fitness side, the fitness benefits you get from doing canny cross, have you have you seen for yourself that with a difference between dogs that come to you for training that are fitter than others and a difference in their ability to do their job and to work? Totally, totally. As you said, 
if we are fitter and healthier, therefore we learn things quicker. We have the ability to learn things quicker. And it's the same for dogs. If dogs are fit and healthy, they are listening, they are keen, they want to do it. If they're not fit, you know, dogs aren't stupid, we're stupid. We go and take ibuprofen because bits hurt. Dogs lie down and refuse to do things because bits hurt. You know, and, and pain can come from lots of different things. But if you're not fit and healthy, very quickly pain will come and discomfort will come. Mm. Um, and then I think you're in a position of trying to force a dog to do something it doesn't want to do. And, and that's the wrong thing to do, um, obviously. But for me, if, we, if a dog is fit and healthy, um, it will very quickly pick up anything you're trying to show it. It will have the mental and physical ability to be able to do it. Um, as I said, my dogs have plenty of that. It's me that suffers. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess what, one thing that would be good to understand is obviously when a dog is out on a shoot all day, obviously it has you know high endurance levels. It's steady. It's being attentive all day. And that that's you know a lot of activity for it. But I think that it would be fair to say that even if you took that dog, you'd still need to build that dog up for canny cross. It's not, it's a, it's a different endurance level. Oh, totally, totally. Um, when I started this, for me, I started with couch to 5K. And that was the perfect way to start for my dogs as well. Because yeah. as you say, my dogs are sprinters. They will come out and they'll walk four or five drives on a shoot day. So they might work for 20 minutes maximum throughout a day, um, four times. And the rest of the time they're sat on their backsides or in a truck. So they are coming out and they're doing sprint work. Well, when I'm asking them to run, it is far more endurance work. It's asking their body to do a totally different physical thing. So I think that anybody that takes up Candy Cross, whatever breed they've got, um, I know you guys have done some uh, podcasts on this. Uh, and I know there's lots of information out there, but it is about saying, well, I'm starting a new um, fitness regime with myself. I wouldn't just go out and suddenly start running 10K. I couldn't. So why would I expect my dog to? So I really do think that whatever discipline your dogs come from, whether it's a gun dog, an agility dog, whether it's just a pet dog, whether it's um, a rescue dog, you have to start from the basics and build it up. Yeah, that's really good advice. I mean, we we talk to people all the time that, you know, they, they see their dogs kind of running, free running, but, you know, and they they're out for an hour and the dog runs for an hour. But actually, half an hour of canny cross or 20 minutes of canny cross is a very different strain on the dog's body and its mind as well it's yeah. that that side yeah. of it yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree and also the surfaces we run on yeah yeah we have to think about the surfaces because um i know there is there's one run i do around here which my dogs love doing but my younger dog the one with displacer will always get himself up onto the, sort of the grassy bank side of it rather than the stony track side of it because he prefers to run on the grass, then and that's probably just because of him and his joints and how he is. Um, and I think that, you know, when I see people like pounding um, tarmac roads with their dogs, I'm thinking, you've got to think about what you're doing there. Mm. You've got to think about how long you're doing that for. Get up onto a nice soft track and do it for 10K rather than up and down. Yeah. We, we, we never, yeah, we never advocate yeah. running on the roads. I mean, no. there might be a, a short, short thing you might have to do to get to the trails, but... Um, mm we really only encourage running on trails and soft exactly. yeah. and especially and, and also um, in the, the warmer months people don't you know they don't think about the the temperature 
of the, the tarmac as well. Which oh, is it comes to the tarmac over. and also just the whole weather yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason the shooting season is when it is. <laughs> Part of it's yeah. to do with not only when the yeah. birds are there, but you know, the, yeah, the dogs are only working in the winter months. Yeah. So from a gun dog, it might have to work really hard, but it's probably going to be working in very cold, wet, miserable weather. Um, and we have other issues we have to deal with then, keeping the dog warm in between the dries. Mm. But you get into the uh, canny cross side of things and the dog will heat up so quickly, as you know, and mm. take so much longer to cool down that I think yeah. Yeah, that's another thing that people have to understand with the fitness of a dog. Yeah, definitely. So Michelle, you mentioned about, obviously there's a lot of parallels um, between in the gun, gun dog work that you do and canny cross and we always talk about that dog fit about the, the, the physical and the mental benefits and building a bond with your dog is 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 a, a massive benefit to canny cross and you obviously clearly have established strong bonds with your dogs anyway but how have you found canny cross as, as a sort of an extra benefit in that sense in that regard have you know have you found yourself bonding more with the dogs as a result have you seen some of your your clients um you know benefiting from canny cross when it comes to actually working more closely with them in, when they're um, doing their gun dog training I, I think it's brilliant I just mm. think it's the ultimate way to bond with your dog um, the gun dog world's brilliant for it don't get me wrong and agility is great but this is this is just you and the dog quite often on your own out in the middle of nowhere um, fortunately where we are in the north Cornwall we have some beautiful places to run I think that for me it's soul uplifting when I go out running with my dog and my dogs smile my dogs smile the whole time they're running they love it you know I've got entire male dogs they're not stopping to pee on every bush if I was walking that they would be they're just loving it they they love the fact that they're with mum you know, having multiple dogs, if I run with one dog or just with two, they love the fact they've got me to themselves. They absolutely adore that. They're running with mum. They're doing something they like doing. They know it's pleasing me. And I just think it becomes such a close tie. And the dog is in tune with you. And when you start giving commands, you know, there's nothing nicer than when you're going down and you come down to the bottom of a hill and you've got to turn left and you say left, left, and the dog goes left, left, and people look at you and you feel really <laughs> smug. It's when you go right, right, and you go, no, the other right, because you meant right. <laughs> the dog goes the right way. But it, it just, it's that whole thing of being attached to the dog, I think, is what's important. It's like that umbilical cord, it's there, yeah. but it has to be a teamwork. Because as I say, running two springers, if they decided they were going to stop, it could be really messy. Or if they decided one was going to go one side of a tree and the other another, you know, they're on a splitter, so it could be very messy. But it's the fact that you've got that, that connection with them still, that physical connection, but I think it's also a very emotional connection you have with them. Yeah, I think you've, you've nailed it. I mean, there is that emotional side that you really only find out when you start doing it with your dog and so many times I've been with my pointer on the trails the two of us and you just know you just know the dog's having an amazing time yeah yeah so I know you, you touched on it a little briefly earlier but one of your dogs has got dysplasia isn't it so yeah. how do you think canny cross has helped with that I think if that dog had not taken up canny cross I don't know what its future would have been I'll be honest with you. Um, he was very young. He was diagnosed with, um, they say dysplasia, basically his elbow joints never formed properly. So he has got the weirdest sticking out elbows ever. 
Um, he looks like some cockney coming down the road doing this because his elbows are right out. Um, and the problem is they actually pop out. So as a spaniel and a very big spaniel, you know, they're designed to hunt by turning very quickly on the spot and moving with the, the animals. If he did that, he'd literally be popping his joints out all the time. He'd constantly be lame. He'd constantly be in pain. Nobody wants a dog to be like that. I really don't know what his future would have been. Wow. So having found something that he can do that not only continues the bond with me, that stops him being in pain, keeps him fit. You know, he's a bit of a character. He's, he's quite a feisty little devil. He really is. He's, he's hysterical. He's very fast. He's very speedy. Um, it just ticked all the boxes for him. But the most important for me is he's given him a purpose. I had no purpose for him because even as a pet, I could not let him off the lead when I went out walking with the other dogs because he's, he's the one that would climb the bank and then jump off it. And then yeah. He's just that one. So he always has to be on a lead or a long line. So I was at the point of looking at him going, well, what's your, the future of your life now? You've been bred yeah. at a very high level to be a gun dog. You can't be that. You can't, you're not having the same fun as all the others out on walks. So he had no real purpose. Oh. By finding Canny Cross, he's got a purpose. And yeah, mm -hmm. he loves yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he loves getting into his harness. <clears throat> he wears a harness, he wears um one of the um uh DC zero harnesses, even for his walks now. He's got a red one for his walks and a blue one for his racing. Oh. And he already knows the difference in them oh. by the colour. People say dogs don't see colours. He does. They must fit slightly differently or something. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but if I put his red one, he will come and sit next to me to have the long line clicked on him. If I put the blue one on, I have to chase him down for 15 minutes to catch him to get the... Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm so pleased. That's such a lovely story. And what's nice for him as well, he's got something, like you say, he's got a purpose and something special that he can do with you that the others can't have. Yeah. So that's such a lovely story. And I loved it when you said earlier that it's just, you can see the dog smile. I think that's a really nice sort of way to sum up Canny Cross, actually. For, for anyone, that's what we all see. We see the happiness coming through, not just from us, but from our dogs as well. Um, because so, I was just going to say, because mm. in the gun dog world, a dog speaking or making noise is a no-no, especially at a competition. You know, you, you, your dog, right. you're out. I've driven 300 miles, my dog squeaked, and I've had to go straight home. So I can assure mm. you, you know, dogs don't make any noise. And what's really interesting for me is if they're on their slip leads and they're working doing gun dog work, they're quiet. When I put their harnesses on them, they, they, they sort of like, they're like little, I don't know how to really describe it as, they're like little Ewoks. They make these... They wouldn't dream of making that noise with their slip needle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bless. That's so sweet. So, Michelle, yeah. what about yourself? I mean, you, you touched on it earlier about how you've been sort of getting into the 5Ks and you know what's Canny Cross meant for you personally? It's given me a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I made a decision when we moved down here not to do so much of actual working of gun dogs. Um, the pandemic somewhat forced that decision a little bit and moving down here. Um, so I was looking for something to do. I've worked my dogs all my life. Um, I love being outside with my dogs. 
Um, at the age of 57, I wasn't ready to hang my boots up. But I needed to find something that I could do that involved my dogs. Because when you've got five dogs, you know, you can't just put them under the stairs and forget about them every day. You've got to do things with them. And with five of them, I needed to find things that I could do with each of them differently. So, the, you know, the older dogs, they're quite happy to go out for some lovely beach walks or whatever. But these two boys, I needed to find something to do with them. Um, so I went into it for the dogs. And then I discovered that I don't know where I've been for 57 years, this running lark. Why didn't nobody tell me about it before? I, I could not believe that I'm, I'm not built for running. I never thought I was a runner. And I will never be, you know, Mo Farah's got nothing to worry about, put it that way. <laughs> but I love it. But more importantly, what I found is a whole community of people um, mm. that love dogs, love running, and even more than that, love a good breakfast after a run. <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've got a very social group. Lara's built a really fantastic social group with the Let's Go Canny Cross group here. Um, and we meet up for runs throughout the week and we go for breakfast sometimes or lunch. There's always food involved somewhere, but in the right way. And it's just made it really nice because a lot of these ladies and, and I and the gents as well that come along, we'd probably never have met. You know, we're all from different mm. walks of life. The only thing that connects us is that we run and we run with dogs. Yeah, that's all you need sometimes, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> friends, yeah. And your, friends and your dogs. And uh, so I think you've got a bit of a funny story about your your gun dog skills that your dogs have got and how you kind oh, of I, I know those off in canny cross. <laughs> Share I, that I, with I, us. We write on a Greek run um, up on the North Cornwall coast, and it's always a bit blustery up here, as you know. And um, I had a baseball cap on. And we came across the top of a hill and all of a sudden my baseball cap flew off and it flew right down this valley, about 150 yards down this valley and sort of landed at the bottom of a field. And we all stopped and everybody looked at me and they said, oh, we'll wait while you go and get it. I said, I'm not going all the way down there. And clipped my dog, lined it up, told it to go back. It ran straight down to the hat, picked the hat up, brought it back to me, sat in front of me. I put it back on my hat, head, clipped the dog on and off we went. And these people just sat there with their mouths open. <laughs> you know, there's a saying, you know, don't have a dog and bark yourself. Well, don't have a dog that can't amazing. go and collect your hat when it blows off. <laughs> that's very, that's, that's very, that's amazing. Like, I, I'm just happy I've taught my dogs left and right, but now you're, you're on a whole other level. As I said, you know, that's just because he's trained to, part of my training with a dog is I constantly train them to pick up everything. So for him, going to pick my hat is something we've done many times. Um, yes. You know, pick up my mobile phone. So if I lose my mobile phone, I'll, teach, I'll say phone and my dogs have to hunt to find my phone for me. Oh, wow. I need one of those. I was going to say, <laughs> I've got a long list of things. Classic training we do for assistance dogs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes yeah, sense. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just mm. one of those things. But yeah. no, it, it was just everybody else's face. They just assumed they were going to get a break from running for five minutes whilst I walked all the way down this hill. No, no, no. Send the dog. Come on, <laughs> let's crack on with the running. <laughs> so if anyone who's listening to this um, podcast is sort of sat thinking, oh, it sounds really interesting. I'm not sure, you know, but it could be for me. You know, what, what advice would you give? You know, what would you say to someone who's considering giving Canny Cross a go? Oh, go and give it a go. Find somebody. Go and find somebody that, you know, I was lucky that I had Lara here and she's 
excellent. You know, she, she was just so supportive. Um, go and find somebody to help you through you guys or whomever. Definitely get out there and give it a go. Make sure you get somebody that can help you to get the right kit for your dog. Because that, yeah, that, the dog is what's important. What we do to ourselves is our choice. What we do to our dogs has got to be the right choice. So find somebody that can support you, find somebody that can help you get the right kit, find somebody that can teach you about canny crossing as well, the commands and what to do and the etiquette of it. All, yeah. all things have to have etiquette, all sports have to have etiquette. Um, and, you know, if you're running around as we are around here and with large amounts of tourists and everything, you know, we have to remember the fact that we are the people that have to show the etiquette. We are the ones that have to stop and move to the side. Yeah, we can't just plough through with 20 dogs and 20 runners through a, a load of old people that have come for a, a bus trip to Bude for the day. So we've got to be mindful of that. And I think that's really important. You find somebody that teaches you what I call the rules of Canny Cross. Um, but most importantly, if you find somebody to work with um, that has got a group of people with them. The social aspect is just so much fun. It's fantastic. And the beauty of it, I come from a world, a gun dog world, where everything you do takes a long time. So if I went to a competition, I would be up at four in the morning. I wouldn't be back till later that evening. I can go out at eight o'clock in the morning, meet up with some friends, have a run, um, have breakfast and be home by 10.30. It, it's great. It's not going to eat your whole day up. Yeah, you got, it you makes got... me healthy. It makes my dog healthy. Yeah. Why and, do you not do it? And and for those, for anyone listening that um you know has a highly trained gun dog and obviously they they very seriously work at the sport, in your opinion, they're not going to ruin their dog by suddenly canny crossing, are they? Oh no, absolutely not. I think it's it's really complements the gun dog world. I think you know, we're very, very bad at putting dogs into little boxes and saying, I've got a gun dog, it must only do gun dog world. Why? You don't just only do gun dog stuff. Mm. You have other hobbies. And as I said, as long as you train your dog appropriately and there's something that demarks the uniform or whatever, then I really don't see it's going to be a problem. Mm. A lot of um, gun dog people, when we're fitting our dogs for the shooting season, we take them running, but they'll take them running off lead. They'll take them running on bikes. Yeah. Tied to the bikes. So they'll, they'll, you know, I'm, I've got friends that will go for a bike ride around the Cotswolds with 10, 12 dogs all running free with them. So they're using running to fit in their dogs. Why not tie the two together? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have one last question for you. Go so what, what's next in your canny cross plan? So I was thinking you've got five, is it 10K? And are you, are you looking for a customised dog fit splitter for five dogs? Is that something you can do <laughs> <laughs> My biggest concern is um, I, I am currently doing a training programme to get to 10K. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've now Fantastic. run three or four races at 5K and competed them all within under 35 minutes, which I'm quite happy to do. Um, I... I think some of the challenges I'm going to have is um, running two dogs all the time. I'm going to have to start running them separately because you know a lot of races will only allow you to run one dog mm. rather than two and things like that. But I think my next thing is um, to, to get myself back fit and healthy from having had this uh, COVID thing um, and get myself back out running um, and then get back onto my training plan for the 10K. And then next season, 
canny cross season. I want to be sub 30 minutes. That is my goal. Sub 30 minutes for my 5K. I haven't got a time goal for my 10K. I just want to finish one. Right. But okay. that, that's my goal to spend the whole of summer getting sub 30K on my 5K, uh, yes. sub 30 minutes K on my 5K, and then getting myself and my dogs fit enough. Uh, I'm running at the right speed to complete a 10k safely yeah that, that's so, amazing uh, from being a non-runner yeah. <laughs> so. yeah yeah so i hope you're hearing this um dog fit coach lara she's gonna have to <laughs> make sure you get that target now <laughs> I'm, I'm sure lara will get you there and yeah. um, it's been absolutely brilliant speaking with you michelle and you've just said, you. shared such a, a lot of your your knowledge and i'm sure a lot of people will find um what you said very valuable your company's called mar powders and we'll link you in the, our, our notes as well so anyone that has a gun dog and wants to do gun dog training um obviously can can contact you but it's been um such fun speaking with you as well so thank you thank you ladies thank you for your time thank you it's been an absolute pleasure thanks michelle thank you for listening to this episode of talk canny cross we really hope that you've enjoyed it but don't forget to hit subscribe so we can keep you up to date and let you know when the next episode comes out happy canny crossing (laughs)